This is Barbara with Can A Girl Speaks Podcast. My voice, your voice. Everybody, this is Barbara with the Canada Girl Speaks podcast, and I always say thank you always for supporting the Canada Girl Speaks podcast. Either you're watching it on YouTube or you're listening on any of the uh, podcast apps. But anyway, thank you, uh, thank you again for supporting. Um, this evening, I want to uh, introduce um, two young ladies that um, are that came came to me wanted to talk about their program, and so I'm going to have them tell tell you about themselves. But I'm going to introduce to you Rachel Gillespie and Linda Sloan. Hello, ladies. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. Well, I'm glad that you reached out to me to be on the Canada Girl Speaks podcast because I know you wanted to share uh, share with me and all the, all, also to those out listening and looking and watching on YouTube um, about your program. So why don't you tell those that are watching, those that are listening about um, who you are, a little bit about yeah. yourselves, and then we can talk about your program. Absolutely. My name is Rachel Gillespie, um, and I'm a social worker. I work for Presbyterian Children's Homes and Services. I'm newer to Corsican. I've only been here about two years, but I love it so far. I grew up in Tennessee and came to Texas to go to social work school. Okay. Um, yeah. Yep. Linda? Uh, I'm Linda Sloan, and um, I recently retired. I've worked for 20 years uh, for Voice, a nonprofit in Corsicana, and close to my retirement, probably within a month of retiring, Rachel approached me with uh, the potential of um, working with her in a new coalition mm -hmm. that was being formed, the Navarro County Early Childhood Coalition, and I was a little bit surprised um, <laughs> but nonetheless it's been a wonderful experience and Rachel will be able to tell you a lot about some of the accomplishments of the uh, coalition uh, we've just been around for less than two years and uh, we've really been able to accomplish a lot and uh, one of the things we're especially proud of is um, the EDI and she'll be explaining to you what that is uh, something we worked on for two years to get uh, completed in our county. And Rachel will be able to tell you a lot more about that. So Rachel, it sounds like you got the right person in your corner. Absolutely, <laughs> that's so true. Yeah. So why don't you yeah. talk to talk to uh, us about what the program is about? Yeah. So um, uh, Presbyterian Children's Homes and Services we're a big organization that's been around in Chris Canada for about twenty years, mm -hmm. and we have locations all across Texas, Missouri, and Louisiana. But um, in Corsicana, we've mainly been doing free counseling for parents and families over the last 20 years. So you might have heard of us through that. Um, but three years ago in 2019, um, the state of Texas was looking for new communities to receive funding for prevention-based um, support services, specifically for parents that have kids under the age of six. Um, and so PCHAS, we call Presbyterian Children's Homes yeah. Services, PCHAS, um, we applied for that and they gave us um, some funds to begin that program. And that's when I started working in Corsicana to direct that program. Um, and our program kind of has three different components. Uh, one, we have one-on-one -on -one services. So we work directly with parents um, to help them uh, with their little ones. Like I said, any uh, 
parent that has a kid under the age of six, we can work with. Um, we work with them on building a healthy attachment between parent and child, and um, we can work with them on any maybe behavioral issues they have, help them to figure out if their child's on track developmentally, um, and just be there as a support system for them. We know it's a very stressful time in a parent's life those first few years, and so we just want to come alongside them and um, give them an extra support, someone to talk to. Um, so we have those one-on-one services. We also have some parent support groups that we put on the community. We have one this Thursday, actually. Uh, we're going to talk about creating a good back-to-school routine for your kids. Um, and then the last thing, which uh, I've worked with Linda, is on the Nevada County Early Childhood Coalition. Um, and so the state really has recognized that not only do we need to intervene with individuals and help parents to find each other to interact with and support, but it takes more than just one agency yeah. and one family to make a difference in a community. You really need to bring together as many people from different organizations and places in the community to really um, enact change on a greater level. So in other words, it takes a village. Yeah, absolutely. It takes a village. And so um, with your your, with your organization, um, how are you able to reach? Because, you know, I look at, you know, the parenting is just different. You know, we got technology, <laughs> you know, we got, you know, you know, our kids are some are bombarded with technology. You know, you have two year olds having cell phones, <laughs> you know. And so um, how, how are you able to reach out to the the new I, I can just say the new parent because yeah. they're, they're different from us. They're yeah. different from when we were parents and then our parents. You yeah. know, and, you know, they're technology driven, you know, they're, you know, they're, they they don't have traditional jobs, you know, and sometimes you say technology is raising our kids. So how are y'all able to connect with the parents that we have now? Because that's been like the, the number one question for a lot of organizations is how yeah. do we reach the parents? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The thing that we have found is that um, there's a lot of parents that um, it's hard for them to get over the stigma of reaching out and asking for help. Yeah. They feel that they need it, but there's just something about maybe it's a lack of trust, maybe shame, um, maybe lack of knowledge. But um, that's kind of the biggest barrier to overcome a lot of times is um, cutting through that stigma. And so we find that if we find one parent that we're able to work with really well, and they connect us to like five more parents yeah. that they're friends with and they trust us, then we can work with those five parents and they can tell another five parents. And so that's really been the best way that we've grown is just by word of mouth um, and building like a solid reputation um, mm -hmm. yeah. that we're going to be there for them and support them. Um, and we're there to be an ally to them and not to, not to say, gotcha, we found yeah. you being a bad parent. Yeah. We're here to support you in whatever way that we can. And so basically there's no yeah. judgment zone, you exactly. know, because that's the thing is that how you raise your, your kids, you might raise your kids a different way, right. you know, and that's just, Hey, however right. it's best for you is best for you. Right. You know, it's not for us to judge how you raise your kids, you right. know, as long as they're not doing anything wrong, you know, like illegal or anything like that. I mean, right. it's, it's okay, you know? And so um, that's, so with your organization, how do you reach the, the diverse, you know, have a diverse group. Because, you know, sometimes we tend to like, well, this these part of parents are going to stick together, but these part of parents are going to stick together. So how do we bring a, a diverse group of parents together yeah. so we can work together with, you know, help grow our kids? 
Yeah. Do you want to talk about the Parent Advisory Council? It's something I was thinking. Uh, as part of our coalition, uh, we we knew early on we needed input from parents yeah. that we could sit at bringing no matter how many agencies we had to come together, uh, child care centers, school districts. Uh, we have um, AgriLife. We have uh, agencies uh, from Dallas that serve multiple counties that have tons of resources. And we could sit and meet and come up with great services yeah. and ideas and then present them to the community and realize we were way off yeah, target. Yeah. And so we started out having, um, we, we, we struggled with it, Barbara. Yeah. How do we get a diverse group of parents? So we reached out to the programs, um, the uh, a program that Peaches ha Peaches has, the program that Voice has, the Hope Center, and we asked them yeah. to recruit some uh, parents yeah. for us. So we started out with focus groups and yeah. we held two uh, focus groups and we realized from our focus groups that we need more input, yeah. uh, regular yeah. input. And so um, last spring, this past spring, we started a parent advisory council oh, wow. and we put out the information to a wide variety of, of parents, some that had been a part of our focus group, and then we asked them to come to an information meeting, and then we had them self-nominate. Oh, okay. And it was a wonderful experience, and we, we have a group of eight or nine mm -hmm. uh, parents who have been meeting monthly and will continue to meet every other month in person and then through uh, uh, Zoom or virtually um, those off months. And it's just been a phenomenal experience what we've learned from them and what they've been able to uh, tell us. And we feel like that's a, a really good step in the right direction. And you know, Barbara, you mentioned technology. I will tell you, if it weren't for technology, um, uh, the PHS program wouldn't have been able to work with yeah. their parents because yeah. we were able to Zoom. Mm. I can't yeah. say that it's the best way, yeah. but I know the voice programs, they were able to Zoom yeah. with their parents and continue their parenting classes. And in a way, it, it enables parents maybe who can't come there in yeah. person, but we can have some people in person and do the hybrid. Yeah. And our coalition, our first meeting was in January of 2020, and it was wonderful. It was well-attended people, a lot of energy in the room. And then COVID hit. Our next meeting was <laughs> scheduled for February, mm -hmm. and we went, what, a year and a half or so meeting through Zoom. But yeah. Um, I've said it over and over again, the pandemic really, because you know how hard yeah. coalitions can yeah. be. Yes, ma'am. We bring all of mm. those personalities yeah. and territorial yeah. issues together. <laughs> yes, and sometimes it takes a couple of mm -hmm. years. But COVID catapulted mm -hmm. us into, there were some immediate needs yeah. that our families and our child care centers, you know, we could have never predicted our child care centers would need toilet paper yeah. or sanitizer. Yeah. And so our 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 coalition got together and started meeting needs. We got a, a parent resource guide out for families. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in a lot of ways, 
uh, the technology has served us well, and and really, we've been able to really pivot, to yeah. use your words, yeah. when that uh, pandemic came and really got us moving and working together. And we saw the value yeah. of how—we we had to work together, yeah. but my goodness, we got things done quickly. We served more people mm-hmm. and got more information and services to those people. And, for, so, and I think also not just— um, you know the, the the pivot, but it also showed the organizations. You know the strength that they had. Sure, you yeah, know, absolutely. and so either you you dived in and say, "Hey, we're gonna make it, get through this," and it just it just built that kind of you know right. that kind of environment. You right. know, and so um, you talked about um, the readiness mapping project. Yeah. You know, so why don't you tell a little bit about that that program? Yeah. So. Um, Obviously, as I mentioned, the state, uh, the state of Texas, the Department of Family and Protective Services, they had already identified Navarre County as being a place where, like, we want they wanted to put preventative services mm. in and spend some money really investing in this community, which was amazing. Um, so we're glad that we've gotten to be a part of that, but we still felt that there was more information that we needed, um, and so we have partnered with the United Way over the last couple of years um, to do a kindergarten readiness assessment called the Early Development. Instrument, um, and it comes from uh, UCLA. Mm. Um, we partnered with them as well to help us to collect the data. Um, but essentially, what the early development instrument is is it looks at five develop uh, five developmental domains of readiness. So it looks at physical health and well being a child's social competence, emotional maturity, their language skills, and their communication skills and general knowledge. Um, and so, the, and kind of the difference between this readiness assessment and others is that it actually maps for us on the neighborhood level oh, wow. where kids are most ready, where they're having challenges in being ready for school, and where there are strength areas for okay. them in being ready for school around those five domains. Um, and so... We started working on this um, also (laughs) in 2020, um, and we had to push it back just because of the challenges of virtual learning in the 2020 to 2021 school year. Um, We uh, had gotten uh, a lot of school districts that said they would be involved, but it was really challenging. the 20 to 2021 school year. So we decided to try again this year in the 2021-2022 school year. Um, And so we ended up getting, uh, I think, six school districts in our county um, to be a part of this this uh, this study um, and essentially what they did was um, their kindergarten teachers um, took assessments on each of their students, not with the student, but after class um, on a professional development day and assessed each student kind of based on those five areas. Um, And then we just actually received back all of this amazing data that shows us, you know, neighborhood by neighborhood where there are strengths and where there are opportunities for growth in our community. And so um, we've gotten to learn some amazing things so far about it and um, are excited about sharing some more in the future. And this uh, UCLA takes the de- the the results and, you know, puts it all in their magic formula um, and then gives us this information back. But in addition, they also use census data mm. to compare the data. In other words, so our census data shows that this particular neighborhood or this particular part of the county 
uh, might have some vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're going to see if that matches what came up in the EDI. And so they're able to show us, well, no, it doesn't match up. Okay. Uh, there weren't any vulnerabilities. And so, you know, I, 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 I um, in a meeting the other day, I said, our work is just beginning because we've got to really tease this yeah. out yeah. and get this information to the stakeholders in the community because, you know, the worst thing that could happen is we have this wonderful presentation and then it goes sits on a shelf yeah, and gets yeah. dust. And you, Barbara, yeah. you know how yeah. things can mm -hmm. happen. And it is our goal to not let yeah. that happen, that yeah. this is valuable information to our funding sources, yeah. to our school districts, to um, all of the agencies yeah. to look at where we may have some gaps, yeah. but look at where we have strengths and why do we have strengths yeah. there and what could we do to duplicate that yeah. in other areas. Um, and of course, once again, COVID probably uh, has put some extra layers yeah. on that also. Mm -hmm. But um, those are just things we know we are going to have to look at yeah. for the many years yeah. to come for because these, these students. These, these last two years are going to be very critical. Sure. Right. And that catch-up is going to exactly. be something that exactly. the, the organization is going to have to look at to say, hey, we're, we're missing something. It's because of these last two years. Right. Especially for our early childhood yes. you know, kids. Right. It's going to be like, um, we're going to be playing catch up. Yes, yeah. you know, exactly. So we can stay on top of it. Your organization, the school districts, other organizations, if they can stay on top of it, we can uh, we can close that achievement gap. Right, right. We can close the gap, you know. And right. so um, I'm just looking forward to just seeing the data. I'm yeah. hoping that, you know, everybody works, you know, the information that y'all have, y'all share it because that's, I mean, it doesn't do any good for everybody to hold on to. Exactly. No, it doesn't do any good. Yeah. I'm like, these are the, these are our kids. These are, these are our kids of our community, you right. know, and we want, best for them exactly you know because that's the future exactly you know so i i just want to say thank you i mean i i mean i'm looking forward to working with you yes you know telling you know especially course can isd hey we got some some people that are really doing some things to help us you know and especially the parents you know yes, so, absolutely so is there any way so can you tell those how the way they can reach you if they want to be yeah. a part of the organization yes so our uh, early childhood coalition is open to anybody anybody in the community that has an interest in um, young kids and child care in early education um, you're welcome to be a part of this group um, our website is nevercountyearly.org um, okay. you can see information about our meetings our next meeting will be September 29th um, they can email or call us. Um, if you have a, a friend or a family member that is interested in our one-on-one -on -one services, um, they can call us or check us out on Facebook. It's at Growing Together PCHAS. And they have been sharing their um, information on social media. I've been yes. watching it. So, yeah. Yeah. And they then a lot of it. we are planning a very big event um which we're calling the State of Our Children, okay. um, on September 22nd from 5.30 to 7 at the Palace, where we're planning to show you all the maps. Okay. So um, we invite everybody to come to that event in the community um, to, to see, especially if you love maps and if you're interested. And <laughs> yeah. we like to say, like, if we're looking at our youngest kids, we're looking at, like, what Corsicana is going to be, you know, in 20 years. Oh, and wow. what our Navarra County is going to be like in 20 years. That's going to be awesome. Um, so... Love for people to come to that. Um, we also have a, 
a ton of other coalition activities going on. We've got our little free libraries. We've got 14 of those across the county. Yeah, I've been saying that. Yeah, mm-hmm. we uh, encourage people to donate books or bring their kids or grandkids or friends to those. And we'll um, be having a special event um, yeah. in October for we our... We'll have a little free library scavenger hunt. We did one in over spring break, and we had over 60 kids participate oh, wow. in that, going all over the county to the different libraries and solving clues. Mm-hmm. Um, and just hopefully doing something fun with their parents, having a bonding moment, and um, and learning and getting excited about reading as well. So awesome, yeah. So I want to say, ladies, thank you for coming on the Kenny Girl Speaks oh, podcast. I have enjoyed all the information that you have given us, and so y'all, please contact them if you need any type of services from them. So I always give my guests an opportunity to give their shout outs. <laughs> so why don't you go ahead and give your shout outs? <laughs> Yeah, I would like to shout out to my Growing Together team, um, Katie, Elizabeth, Belinda, Ashley, Josh, and Barbara. They help um, make all of this stuff happen, as well as Linda and the (laughs) rest of the coalition. So shout out to them and all of their amazing work and their love for um, parents and kids. Linda? I'll give my shout out to Pam Crawford, who really got this grant for our community. She recently retired. Mm. Uh, What an asset she has been to our community and bringing this program and bringing Rachel to us because uh, Rachel has been such a dynamic leader of the program and she not only has a lot of skills, but she has a passion for what she does. And it's just, she's been such an asset for our community. So. I, I thank Pam for, for bringing Ashley to us. So. <laughs> okay. Well, I want to say thank you to everybody that um, supports the Cannon Girl Speaks podcast. Like I said, reach out to them. Um, I know you get some good, you will get some good service, services from them. So with that being said, thank you again for always supporting the Cannon Girl Speaks podcast. Have a great evening, and we'll see you soon. Good night. This is a Legacy Recording Studio production.